The FDA blocks Florida from using the monoclonal antibody treatments. Masks are shown to cause speech delays in children. And Truth Social will be a lot like Twitter. I'm William Hall, and this is The William Hall Show. All right, welcome back to the show. So as many of you know, Biden has a history of kind of blowing up on people. This is something that has happened all the way back from his campaign trail, where he's kind of gotten extremely upset at people and kind of gone off on them, almost as if he was unhinged. And I always saw it as really him being a victim to his dementia, something that you oftentimes see happen where he becomes senile and he gets just basically overreacts to the smallest things. And that's basically what took place yesterday when Peter Ducey, which is one of the guys that does a lot of the uh, White House correspondence and reporting, was asking him a question and Biden completely lost his mind at him. So I will let you go ahead and see this. I'm not going to repeat exactly what he said, what Biden said to Peter Ducey, but uh, I will let you hear this clip and, and you tell me what you think about it. That's a great asset. More inflation. What a stupid son of a bitch. So there you have it right there. You have Biden calling Peter Ducey an SOB for short, but you get the idea. The point is, is that Biden just goes off on him for asking this, whatever the question is. And apparently he actually called him after the fact, which is quite interesting. So uh, Peter Ducey reveals that Biden called him within an hour after um, and saying uh, after his remarks there. And he said, it's nothing personal, pal. Um, <laughs> we, we went back and forth and we were talking about it moving forward. Now, I don't know about you, but that doesn't really sound like an apology saying it's nothing personal, pal, <laughs> you know, no big deal. We were just kind of messing around, right? Kind of one of those things. It, that's not an apology. Obviously he's showing zero remorse for it. And the reason why I'm bringing that up is because a lot of liberals are trying to compare this to Trump. I mean, this is the one thing that, you know, we know that Trump has not done. He's obviously been, you know, uh, not respecting the news because oftentimes they're lying about him all the time. But at the same time, you never heard him just have this vocal outburst calling somebody something as heinous as that as that remark. Now, you have CNN, of course, playing the defense for Biden in this situation where they're com- being completely delusional in all of this. But their headline for this is why Biden's SOB moment is nothing like Trump's attack on reporters. I mean, this is how they're going at this right now. They are basically saying, this is nothing that you need to be paying attention to, guys. Trump was way worse. You have no idea. That's the way that CNN is trying to play defense for Biden. This And this is the way that liberals are going to try to do this. They're going to try to misinterpret the truth and try to change this around to make this seem as if it's no big deal when in reality it is. Okay, this is a big deal that Biden is doing this and people need to take it as it is instead of trying to cover it up like you see a lot of these Democrats trying to do. So 
a lot of what they're talking about in here is where they're saying uh, in the article, just uh, some of the points is, uh, before we move on, however, I do think it's worth pointing out one thing, how utterly normal the news cycle of Biden's SOB comments were. Um, and what they're basically saying is, oh, you know, it, it's not that big of a deal because the news isn't going crazy about it. I wonder why. It's almost like most of the mainstream media outlets are also in the pocket of Biden. I mean, I mean, we know what this is, what this is going, what's going on here. We know that the news is biased towards the left. I don't understand why CNN would be so crazy to say, well, guys, look, I mean, clearly it's not that big of a deal. The news isn't going crazy about it. You know, the mainstream media that kind of controls the entire narrative in the United States, no big deal, right? That's the, that's their argument towards this. So they say, now compare the series of events to what we've all experienced over the past four years. Donald Trump regularly berated and belittled members of the media and never once apologized. But once again, he never said this. He never made these types of comments like this. Um, he, he wasn't cursing out reporters in, in the middle of the room. All Trump was really doing is saying, nope, fake news, move on, this, that, you know, let's move on to the next reporter. I don't like your news outlet. That's all he was saying. He wasn't just cursing people out on the stage here. And all of these people are also ignoring all of the times in the past where Biden has done these types of things, not only specifically in, in, a, in a newsroom type situation, but specifically with his own supporters. So this was uh, Biden, if you remember back, uh, back in a while, he called this guy, look fat. And he said that, you know, um, he, he made that clip uh, when he was mentioning this other guy, uh, I'm assuming making fun of his weight and Everybody kind of brushed that off there, you know, kind of brushed that out of the news. The other thing, too, is that he called that that lady the lying dog-faced pony soldier, whatever that was supposed to mean. You get the idea that he's done this before. I remember when he was uh, getting extremely upset at this guy that was kind of going at him. I think he was like a union worker or something, and he was going at him about the banning of guns. And, and he, Biden kind of got up in the guy's face like, look, 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 you know, and like, like he was I, I thought he was honestly going to attack the guy. That was what Biden was doing. He has always been this way. It's kind of that senile situation where, you know, Biden is trying to, uh, he's kind of just losing his mind. And you see this happening over and over again, but the news is just on the defense for him. They're, they're on his side. They don't want you to pay attention to what's actually going on. And they're using their own bias to say, well, it's, we're not reporting it. So clearly it's not that big of a deal. That's not the justification, right? But they always do this. There's even another situation with the Time Magazine uh, story that just popped up here where you have them literally changing the cover of the Time Magazine after the first year of each one of these presidents. So I want to first show you this one lower here. Uh, if you're watching this, or sorry, if you're listening to this on the audio, what you'll basically see in this Time Magazine, this is year one after Trump was elected president. And you have this kind of cartoon, simple cartoon figure of Trump uh, his head and in his hair is this massive flame that takes up the majority of the cover of this magazine. And, and that's really all it is. And he has his mouth open. It's, it's obviously making fun of Trump and, and saying that he's this hothead, the, this aggressive person. Maybe, maybe it's, uh, America's going up in flames. It's very, very, very different, right? Uh, the depictions that are chose here are very deliberate. Now let's flip over to the Biden one. And, and for those listening on audio, you also have uh, a totally different situation. You, you actually, first of all, have a much clearer depiction of Biden. You have him in, an, in the actual Oval Office, which is something that they didn't even do for Trump because there was nothing even surrounding him. It, it was just this kind of black background. But you have him in the Oval Office, you, and basically you just have these things around him, the COVID-19 antigen test uh, boxes and, and a few other things with Putin, some folders on his desk. And, and all you see 
in this that would kind of make you think anything was wrong with this administration is that there's a cloud over his head and some light rain. And here you have Biden with his hand out like, oh, <laughs> is that a little bit of rain we're experiencing right there? The depiction is different. With Trump, it's fire. It's flames. America's up in flames. With with Biden, it's uh, we're, we're just in a light rain season right now. You know, the, the difference of fire versus water is what they're trying to draw the distinction here. You see this happening. That's what they're calling year one of Biden. So it's not only just CNN. It's not just the mainstream media. All of these places are on Biden's defense. They're trying to cover up what's happening. In reality, Americans know, based off of the approval ratings, that Biden is doing a terrible job. This entire administration is going up in flames right now. I mean, when you look at the things happening uh, in the Ukraine and everywhere else, I mean, it, they were afraid of Trump starting World War III, which never happened, but the reality is that we could be seeing a World War III if Biden continues doing what he's doing in the fashion that he's doing it. So this is not something that can just be brushed out of the media. That's why we have to report on these things, because no one else in the mainstream media will. They are entirely being on Biden's side no matter what he does. That's their entire goal. So uh, changing stories for a little bit here, you actually have the FDA that is now blocking monoclonal antibody treatments in Florida. Now, these were the treatments that Ron DeSantis specifically set up, different clinics all over, the, all over the state of Florida that were supposed to treat people that had basically, either, either they thought they had COVID, had recently been exposed to somebody that had COVID, or on the other hand, had just recently contracted COVID and just tested positive for it. This was a great early treatment. It worked. A lot of people were uh, reporting that this was the best thing that they've ever done. That's gone now. The, the FDA is getting rid of that entire situation. And you might be wondering, why would they do that? Why would they stop this life-saving treatment that's provable? Well, come to find out, they don't really have a good justification for it at all. So in the second line of, their, uh, of the official statement from the FDA, it says, because data shows these treatments are highly unlikely to be active against the Omicron variant, which is circulating at a very high frequency across the United States. That was their justification that simply... It's just not very likely it's going to work for it. Well, come to find out, that's actually not based on any evidence whatsoever, which shouldn't surprise anybody. But let's take a look at what Ron DeSantis said on Twitter just today. He said, without a shred of clinical data to support its decision, the Biden administration has revoked the emergency use authorization for life-saving monoclonal antibody treatments. Once again, there's no data at all to show any of this is the case. They're simply saying that it, it, it isn't particularly useful against Omicron. What does that even mean? Where are the numbers that are supposed to support these things? You're talking about taking away a free, a completely free treatment. Remember this because a lot of people don't uh, want to think about what's or don't remember exactly what happened. But when COVID was uh, kind of just off the ground a couple of years ago, before we had the vaccines or anything else like that, one of the things that was actually taken into consideration is that the United States, when Trump was president, is that he was going to have the government buy all of any medical treatment that could possibly work against COVID. And one of those was the monoclonal antibody treatments. So the government bought every single amount of the supply that was available of these treatments, making them entirely free to anybody that wanted them. Of course, now you have them rejecting that in Florida. And this isn't the first time. Actually, twice the uh, the Biden administration has been lowering the amounts of, of the amount of treatments that they have in, in the state of Florida. It's insane that this is what's going on right now. And now they've completely capped us at the knees. We have no ability now for people to get life-saving treatment. Why would they do this? Why do you think they're making this happen? You can't tell me it's not because of the fact that maybe they want 
for this virus to be a lot worse, that they would need Omicron to be worse. I've said this before, that they need Omicron to be a lot worse than it really is. And so as a result, what they're doing is taking away treatments that have been proven to work with no data to back that decision and making people wind up having to go to the hospital so that they can say the hospitalizations are way higher. Look at how bad Florida is. Maybe it was working and they just don't want it to work. But I, I firmly believe that they are trying to keep people in Florida from being able to have this life-saving treatment because to them, it has always been and only will be about the vaccine and nothing else, even though those haven't exactly proven to be super effective against this treatment or this uh, new variant either. And there will always be another variant. That's the thing. But they have no data backing any of this at all, and they simply did this. And that's why we have to be paying attention to what's going on. So uh, further in the statement uh, from Ron DeSantis, he said, rather than giving Americans the option for various COVID treatments, the FDA and the Biden administration issued their royal decree, taking away the very thing that has proven to reduce hospitalizations and save lives, probably because they're trying to increase hospitalizations. They need COVID to be bad. Democrats need it to be really bad in Florida. And everywhere else, because otherwise they can't justify the mandates. They can't justify the mask things and all the other requirements everywhere. They can't do it if Florida's doing well. So for the CDC and the FDA, which have been consistently inconsistent throughout the entire pandemic to restrict treatment does nothing but put individuals at risk. And of course, he's absolutely correct here in analyzing that because that is the point. They want people to be at risk. They need them to be at risk. They need everything to be worse than it is. They can't leave well enough alone. And, th and that is exactly why they've shut down these treatments. Absolutely insane. On the other hand, you actually have New York. Uh, they sent a, or the, the governor of New York was actually trying to send this mask mandate through, trying to force that to happen. Well, the, the New York Supreme Court actually shot that entire thing down, which is, of course, good news. So there, uh, the actual statement here is that there can be no question that every person in this state wishes, wants, and prays that this era of COVID ends soon, and they will surely do their part to see that that is accomplished. That's what the judge was saying in the statement. But the judge went on to say, however, enacting any laws to this end is entrusted solely to the state legislature. While the intentions of, uh, of the commissioner and the governor um, appear to be well-timed, squarely at doing what they believe is right to protect the citizens of New York State, they must take their case to the state legislature. So either way, they're not doing it. Of course, the judge said that this has nothing to do with the efficacy, the need, or the requirement for masks as a tool as, or a means or anything else like that. But still, this is still good news because regardless, it, it's kind of setting that precedent that, you know what, you're not going to be able to force people to, to wear these masks at all times everywhere they go, especially when we don't even have necessarily all the data in the world to prove that it's super effective anyways. But... There is some other data that I've talked about uh, before or that I'm introducing now, but I've kind of alluded to this before that a lot of the things that are going to come from the masks or vaccines in the future, we're going to learn way later and, and kind of realize, man, we really shouldn't have done what we did or maybe was it worth doing what some of these states did, right? Now we're actually seeing a little bit of this data coming out again, where mask mandates have actually shown that um, that childhood speech has been delayed for over, and it's a, actually a 350% surge in child, children that actually have a speech delay, which is insane. So what you have right now is that uh, the regulations, which are still in effect in uh, the Democrat-led cities, 
including Washington, D.C., New York City, have had adverse effects on the development of speaking abilities in children and babies. So the actual study, the clinic experienced a 364% increase in patients who were babies and toddlers amidst the pandemic prior to the onset of COVID-19, which only 5% of the clinic's patients were in the age group, while today it stands at 20%. There's no research out there yet uh, saying that this could be causing speech and language delays, but most definitely... Uh, I'm sure it's a factor. It's very important that kids do see uh, your face to learn so that they're watching your mouth. And this is important because not only, as this guy was uh, mentioning in here from the from the clinic about this, is that, of course, children need to see your mouth moving to be able to mimic what you're doing, but they also need to have the ability to actually speak. And a mask kind of makes you not really want to speak. I mean, it makes most people not really want to talk because you might think you sound funny or sound ridiculous. And, and in a lot of cases, you probably do. And they're using that and they're saying, okay, you know what? This is something that we're going to basically make these children wear. And now we're seeing that kids are not being able to speak as fast or as early in the development. They're basically developing slower, which very well could lead to kids that have speech impediments or other issues later on in their lives. All because of something as ridiculous as a mask. <laughs> and that is extremely concerning. People need to be paying attention to this stuff um, because it's, it, once again, as time goes on, we're going to learn a lot more things as we're seeing that are that we're going to see are the adverse effects of these ridiculous Democrat-run policies. Things they never thought were even a thing. All because they were so busy trying to force people to go through these actions to do everything. But, and also a bit of good news, the Supreme Court... Uh, or the, if you remember, the Supreme Court was ruling on the whole OSHA mandate for businesses. Well, now OSHA is withdrawing the vaccine and testing requirements at this point. So all of that stuff with the whole businesses that if you had a hundred or more employees, all that's gone now. And and the and OSHA has basically backed out entirely of all of this. So of course that's good news that we're seeing this happen. But we, you know, it, it makes me think about uh, uh, something that's quite interesting, which is how many people were actually fired from their job preemptively, right? Like so uh, for a while there we thought the mandates were still going to go through. And how many businesses basically already were putting in the mandates way before it was actually going to be the, or where the deadline would have been for the Biden administration or for OSHA? Where how many people got fired as a result of that early? Right. I wonder what that number is. I would love to see it. I mean, maybe we'll find out a little bit later. Maybe somebody will do some type of study to show that. But I have to imagine that it was probably a lot of people, a decent amount of people that got fired from their jobs simply because of what the business thought was going to happen in, in the next few months. Now we're seeing these people. And I, and I guarantee you, if, if you're one of those people or if there's anybody out there that's been fired from their job preemptively, because of something that they, the business thought was going to actually happen that didn't wind up happening, I can assure you that you probably have a pretty good case of actually suing for wrongful termination. That would be a pretty telling thing. I think it would kind of put these businesses on notice of, hey, you can't just play fast and loose with people's careers, right? You can't just uh, go out there and just decide that at the last minute you're going to basically force everybody to get a vaccine just because you feel like that's the case. And and that's really uh, what all this kind of boils down to. So the main story of this show actually is dealing with Trump's new social media platform, Truth Social. Many of you have heard about it. I've actually kind of talked about it a few times on the show as well. And Truth Social is Trump's kind of Come back to social media. I mean, that's really what this is. He's 
not come back to YouTube or, or Facebook or Twitter because he can't. But he also hasn't gone to these other alternatives that exist right now, such as Gab and Getter or Parler. He hasn't done any of that. So now Truth Social is the social media site that he's supposed to be joining. And of course, a lot of people are excited about it because it's Trump and uh, really was supposed to be this free speech site, right? Because that's what truth in the Truth Social name is supposed to mean, right? Is that you can actually speak the truth on this platform, no matter what that is, free speech, all of that stuff, yada, yada. You get the idea. Well, come to find out, Truth Social actually is probably going to censor a lot more than even Twitter will, which is... Very surprising, I think, to many people. Um, after kind of reading through the statements about it, I'm not as surprised because it, I, I think it kind of makes sense why they're doing it, although I don't agree with the fact that they are. And and that's where all of this kind of discussion of what free speech means really comes into play. So first of all, let's look at the statement that uh, Devin Nunes was talking about in the idea of the censorship and everything else behind uh, behind Truth Social. So first of all, what they're saying is that they want to make sure that it is a that it is a family friendly online community. That's kind of what they're going for. And I think a lot of people would be like, "Well, I don't really have any problem with that." You know, what what's wrong with being family friendly? Well, it gets worse because we have to understand what are they using to make this site supposedly fam family friendly. Like first of all, they're saying that they want it to be the most family friendly site. Okay. So uh, basically what they're actually using for this is a AI, an artificial intelligence. In other words, not actual human beings are going to be moderating your content if you post on Truth Social, but a computer will be, a program will be. And the goal of this program is to basically ensure sexually explicit content, posts that includes violence, bullying, hate speech, and spam never make it to the platform. That's the statement from the CEO. Now, the actual business that they're using to moderate all of this is called Hive. Hive is a uh, is an integral uh, company that basically has the AI that basically will be deciding what you can and cannot post. So what is Hive exactly? Hive is a site that's actually uh, formed and is based in San Francisco. And they somebody actually posted a photo of the people that work for Hive, and they look like every other very diverse Silicon Valley company. The point is, this is not good, okay? Uh, by the way, Hive has dozens of other clients, including Reddit. By the way, Reddit has the worst, one of the most strict uh, moderation policies I've ever seen. Reddit is insane. Red Reddit actually got rid of the Donald. It, it was basically like a, a pro-conservative uh, uh uh, subreddit. They got rid of that entire subreddit because they didn't like that they were posting facts about the election. Okay. Um, they also uh, work for Jiffy, Yik Yak, OnlyFans. So the the literal porn site that exists right now. They they they're working with them. Omega, which is like a video chat site. Um, IRL, but a few other different little sites like that. But the point is, this is a Silicon Valley company. So the same AI that Reddit is using to basically determine that say conservative content can't be posted on their sites because Reddit is a very, very liberal, by the way, is the same exact AI that Trump's going to be using for this truth social platform, which is not a good sign right now. This So this is worrying because this is setting the site up to basically not be so much about truth and, and all of that stuff and free speech, but more so about kind of conforming 
to the way that they want things to be. Now, an interesting kind of part about all of this is, is of course, that they're saying that this is supposed to be getting rid of nudity, drugs, violence, hate speech, spam, and bullying. But of course, the problem is, what does hate speech mean? I mean, many free speech people that know about free speech will tell you that hate speech doesn't exist because it doesn't exist because hate speech is a made up term like political correctness. It's around, it's the same thing. Political correctness is different than it was 10 years ago. It'll be different than it is now 10 years from now. And the same thing goes for hate speech because it's a made up term that means one thing to one person, another thing to another person, and it changes and evolves over time depending on what they consider it to be bad, okay? And, and that's really the goal here of this site that we need to be looking at uh, uh, and of this story and these ideas of understanding why these sites exist, why they do what they do. Because ultimately, hate speech is something that a lot of people don't want to see on their social media platforms, but it's a part of free speech. There's no way that you're going to be able to get rid of that aspect of it. So what is hate speech besides nothing, Right. It doesn't exist. So when we see that they put that on there specifically, what they're probably talking about is maybe racist things. Well, what's considered is exactly racist. Remember, being being racist isn't against American law. And and what they consider is racist also, like, for example, with Democrats. If you, right now you go on uh, Twitter and you post something like everything that B, or BLM, I do not support BLM, it's a lie, then they could delete that tweet for being racist, right? doesn't matter what color you are if you post that, even myself. Because that's the way that the Democrats, the far left, sees racism. They see it as anybody that opposes the mainstream narrative of this ridiculous organization. That's the way they see it. They think that if you don't support the organization, that that also means that you do not support or do not believe that black lives actually matter, right? Even though the statement versus the organization are two very, very, very different things. That is what we're dealing with right here. What does that mean in the sense of truth social? But... Normally, if they just said, hey, look, guys, we're probably going to ban some hate speech and this and that and the other, I probably wouldn't be too worried about it in the general sense of everything. But because they're having a Silicon Valley company, specifically the same company that does the AI censoring and everything else on Reddit, which also has a lot of censorship problems, I'm worried about this. So this is something to definitely be concerned over with this site. And that's where things become problematic. Now, uh, Actually, Michael Knowles, one of the commentators that I actually used to really like a lot on Daily Wire, was talking about this. And he commented or replied to this story, basically saying that he agrees and thinks that it's a good thing. And when asked more specifically about what he was talking about, he doubled down and uh, made the statement that, you know, I don't believe in big tech, but I am pro-censorship. And that's where we have to try to figure out what's going on. What does it mean to be pro-free speech? What free speech really means is the ability to say anything that you want as long as it's not against the law. That's the whole point. Now, Michael Knowles in his book talks a bit about this idea of free speech purism. And basically, he makes the argument that there's no such thing as being a free speech purist in the sense that right now, you can't just say whatever you want. Free speech does not mean being able to say any and everything you want. It means being able to say whatever you want as long as it's not against the law. Now, the fact is that if, for for example, an example of something that is not free speech, for example, that it is against the law is 
say, making a credible threat against somebody, telling somebody, I'm going to do this to you or, or harm you in some way. And then as a result, that's a threat and you can get arrested for that. Uh, or, sh- or shouting out fire in the middle of a crowded movie theater, right? Like same thing. You're going to get arrested for that exact same thing. That's not considered as free speech because that's not co- you know covered under the law. But as long as it's not illegal, it should be allowed online. And what you're seeing is that the new age conservatism, the modern day conservatives are basically saying, you know what? Free, I don't, I don't want all that free speech. What we really want is censorship as long as you don't censor me. And I think that's where we've gotten way off on the messaging and all this, where for some reason you have all of these mainstream conservatives out there that are perfectly fine with censorship as long as it doesn't hurt them. So basically they're just, just like the Democrats, except they're not. And that's not where we want to be. If we're going to claim that we support free speech, if we're going to say that that's what matters to us, then it needs to actually matter to us. We have to play the, the moral high ground. We really do. Because ultimately what we're saying is, you know what? We wouldn't ban left-wing people, as long as they're not saying anything against the law, if they join Truth Social. But the way that things are existing right now is that they're basically saying, as long as you don't hurt me, I don't care. You censor me, I'm going to call you a totalitarian, but you censor other people that I disagree with, and I'm just going to say I support that. Thumbs up for me. That's extremely, extremely hypocritical, but a lot of these mainstream conservatives are perfectly fine with this, and that should worry everybody. So for the record, it to actually get the real free speech that we want, it's not going to be pretty. I know a lot of people don't want to see things that they, or, or maybe uh, certain ideas and, and opinions they don't want to see online. You have the ability to block people on every social media network. You have the ability to figure out who it is you want to follow, who it is you don't want to follow, who you want to watch, who you don't want to watch. That's entirely your choice. But right now, as it exists, Gab really is the only place where you're going to get a ton of the actual free speech. Say whatever you want as long as it's not against the law. That's where you're going to get that. Getter you know, isn't as great necessarily as far as the way that they approach things. But right now it's looking like true social could be the worst of the worst of all of those sites. So really at the end of the day, it's something that needed to be pointed out because I think a lot of people need to understand exactly what free speech is, why we shouldn't be pro censorship because it just simply makes us hypocrites. As long as you don't censor me, I'm fine. As long as you censor someone else, that shouldn't be allowed. We shouldn't be trading one form of censorship for another form of censorship. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, because then we're just left-wing people doing exactly what they want us to do. But speaking of censorship, one of the things that kind of popped up under hate speech uh, is John MacArthur. He's a, uh, a, uh, a sorry, um, he's one of the pastors, the main pastor at Grace Community Church in Los Angeles. So he was actually preaching a sermon, and I will read what he said in the sermon that YouTube deemed as offensive. So he said this past Sunday, there is no such thing as transgender. You are either XX or XY. That's it. God made male and female. That is determined genetically. That is uh, physiology. That is science. That is reality. Also, that's in the Bible, by the way, too. And then he goes on to say, on the one hand, the reality of that lie and deception is so damaging, so destructive, so isolating, so corrupting that it needs to be confronted. But on the other hand, that confrontation can't um, uh, exaggerate what already exists, which in which is a sense of feeling isolated in relationships. Now, the point is, is that YouTube said this is hate speech because it isn't pro LGBTQ plus blah, 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 all the other letters of the alphabet. This is ridiculous, right? 
and, and at this point, really what you had to be looking at is why are they allowed to label this as hate speech when there's a freedom of religion? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? You can't do this. Like You can't label and take something down as being hate speech when it's literally a part of a actual religion of Christianity. It's in the Bible. God made the male and the female. It doesn't take a genius to figure that out. But it doesn't matter to YouTube. They don't care that this is a part of the Christian religion. They're just taking this down. So that means that if you're a Christian, you're deemed as basically being racist, sexist, and transphobic, and just about everything else under the roof simply because they don't agree with you. And that's it. Your videos can get stricken down, sermons, truth, things that people need to see, truth that people need to hear today from the pulpit, from a church, are being taken down as hate speech. We're at this point right now where it has gotten that insane. And that really bothers me to no end. So last story of the day, it's actually kind of a libs of TikTok kind of video, is that you have these two ladies that are in this elevator with, um, I believe, this black guy. And both the women in there, we'll call them Karens because that's exactly what they are, are getting extremely upset at this black guy for not wearing a mask. Check this out here. Get out. Get out. Get out. What you guys doing? Get out. What you guys doing? What's wrong with you? Don't touch me. Don't you have to touch me. Get out. Get out. I'm not touching you. Oh, did you just hit me? Did you just hit me? You just hit me. You just hit me. You too? All right. So, um, for those that are listening on the audio, you literally have them, like I said, these two ladies that are in there, you have one that she's recording all this on her phone. He's recording it on her phone, uh, on his phone. And then you have her literally hit the guy. I mean, and then the, one of the ladies is saying black lives matter while literally ab abusing a black guy. Like, how does that work? I, I mean, I'm sorry. How does that make any sense? How are, why, and why are you saying black lives matter? It's almost like she's playing some like moral high ground or something. Like she just, thinks that that's the, the best thing to say in this moment of confrontation. Yet you you two li white ladies are literally attacking this black guy because he doesn't have a mask on in an elevator. It, it's insane what these people are dealing with right now or, going, or, or actually doing to people. They don't care about black people. They don't care about women. They don't care about any of this stuff. All they care about is something as stupid as a piece of cloth that isn't even effective enough to do much of anything. And they're using that as a reason to say, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to attack this black guy. I'm going to hit this guy across the face and then scream Black Lives Matter and somehow be justified that I'm a liberal. <laughs> like, okay, you keep telling yourself that. That's where we're at right now in society. These people have lost their minds. It's absolutely insanity what these people are doing right now. But with that being said, that's all I have for you on the show. I thank you for watching or listening to this one. Make sure that you uh, leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you are listening there as it does help the show out. Uh, but with that being said, I'll see you on the next one.